Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench on a busy Saturday evening of sport here in Cork and right around the country and indeed the world. We will be talking Olympics and what has been a wonderful week for Team Ireland for Cork and for the Skibbereen Roars. We're also talking Gaelic Games ahead of a big, big game for the Cork Hurlers tonight. They're in action against Dublin in the All-Ireland Hurling quarterfinal. A big preview of that coming up in just a little while as well. We'll hear from Cork City boss Colin Healy after their draw with UCD and Turner's Cross last night. Cove Ramblers, a good result for them up in Dublin against Shelburne. We'll hear from their new manager Darren Murphy as well. We'll hear from the Cork Minor Camp and indeed the Cork Under-20 Camp as well. All that and play Plenty more to come for you between now and seven here on the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench on, as I said, a very, very busy uh, weekend of sport. So much going on and my God, it's been a busy week of sport, hasn't it? It's been wonderful and we've plenty to get through between now and seven. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you here on the Big Red Bench. Um, Yeah, what a week it's been with the Olympics and so on and with the lads down in Skibbereen. The roars from Skibbereen do it again. They did it, well, at least Gary and Paulo Donovan did it five years ago at the Rio Olympics, getting the silver medals and now Paul is back again along this time with Fintan McCarthy also from down skip direction West Cork and uh, they won not silvers this time but won better and won golds during the week uh, gold medals uh, in the rowing which is fantastic and of course um, Emily McCarthy as well um, getting the uh, or Emily Hagerty I should say uh, getting the uh, bronze medal at the Olympics in the women's rowing as well which was fantastic as well so lots of medals for West Cork a great week for Ireland Team Ireland for Cork for West Cork for Skibbereen you can keep narrowing it down but I, I think Skibbereen and West Cork will certainly claim it as their own anyway um, and there'll be great celebrations there has been great celebrations down in Skibbereen and West Cork for the last couple of days and there certainly will be in the next couple of days as well for the lads uh, homecoming there's not an official homecoming like we had a couple of years ago I remember being up in the airport and uh, hosting the homecoming for Paul and Gary a couple of years ago up in the airport for the silver medals and we had huge crowds there and then a huge homecoming the following day down in Skibbereen as well but this time COVID is still knocking around restrictions still in place and so on it'll be a, a bit more low key but I'm sure uh, I don't know how low key they can keep it in Skibbereen after winning gold medals to be honest but uh, we're going to hear uh, lots of reaction to those great wins uh, in just a few minutes and we will be chatting Olympics in just a few minutes as well and then later on we're talking hurling because a uh, big night for the Cork hurlers tonight as well up against the dubs uh, we always like taking on the dubs and we like beating the dubs even more it's Cork against Dublin in the All-Ireland uh, quarterfinal uh, this evening so we'll have a preview of that game uh, ahead of the quarterfinal clash with Dublin this evening at 7 up in Seppel Stadium as well um, a draw for Cork City they held the lead uh, they took the lead but they couldn't hold the lead uh, against UCD last night in Cork in uh, Turner's Cross and we'll have a reaction to that I spoke to manager Colin Healy after the game we'll also have a reaction to um, Shelburne and Cove Ramblers Cove getting a 2-2 draw against Shelburne up in Tolga Park last night Oshin Langan was there chatting to Darren Murphy for us so we'll uh, hear more about that as well we'll hear from the Cork Miners uh, they're into the Munster final and we'll hear from uh, the Cork under 20 hurlers as well who booked their place in the All-Ireland final during the week as well so so much to come 
between now and seven here on the Big Red Bench on Red FM. Uh, we're going to talk Olympics in just a second. I'll round up some of what's uh, happened at the Olympics in the last 24 hours for you as well. But first of all, uh, Gaelic Games and as I said, Cork and Dublin this evening in the All-Ireland Hurling quarterfinal. That's at Temple Stadium at seven o'clock. The winner of that match will take on Waterford who beat Tipperary today. A high-scoring game down in the park today. Uh, Waterford beating Tip 428 to 227. Um, so that'll be a, a, that was a good game and uh, that means that Waterford now will face the winners of uh, Cork and uh Dublin um, right in the Ulster football final as well then Monaghan uh, they beat uh, they were taking on Tyrone in the decider today up in Ulster and it was Tyrone just edging it out a very very close game there just a point in it uh, Monaghan 15 points Tyrone 16 points Tyrone will now face Kerry in the All-Ireland semi-final in uh, the under 20 All-Ireland football semi-finals today Cork currently taking on Offaly latest score there from half time uh, Cork 3 points Offaly 1-7 so Cork hoping for a better second half there in the All-Ireland senior Camogie today Cork playing Waterford and Parky ring at the moment it is into the second half there now the latest score we have is Cork 2-8 Waterford 2-4 we will get you uh, an up-to-date score on that again a little bit later on in the Intermediate Championship the Rebels beat Antrim by 3 points at Castle Road this afternoon the score there at full time was Cork 2.14 Antrim 2.11 in rugby uh, the Lions in action this evening uh, the Lions aiming to win only their third ever test series against South Africa this evening and uh, that game got underway at 5 o'clock and of course the Lions are one up in this series after a, a great great uh, victory for them in Cape Town last Saturday and they'll be hoping for uh, another um, another good result today I suppose um, and currently half time there and it is the Lions in a good position there again at half time um, not much in it just three points it is the British and Irish Lions nine South Africa six so we'll keep you up to date with that game and uh, certainly a lot of reaction to the Lions on the show tomorrow evening from 6pm here as well on Red FM in football Derry City looking to move back up to sixth place in the uh, Airtricity League Premier Division the League of Ireland this evening they go to bottom side Longford for a half seven kickoff elsewhere the Scottish League got underway today Scottish Premiership Champions Rangers they kicked off their league campaign with a 3-0 win over Livingston at Ibrox. Old firm rival Celtic, meanwhile, have their top flight opener this evening. Celtic taking on Hearts this evening at 8 o'clock. And of course, Celtic were knocked out of the Champions League during the week uh, by Midland um, and uh, the Champions League qualifiers. And uh, they won't be too happy with that result. And they won't be too happy with uh, the, the atmosphere in general at the club at Celtic. So they'll certainly be hoping to get off to a winning start uh, against Hearts this evening, after, especially after Rangers winning earlier on elsewhere in Scotland today St Mirren held to a two-all draw by Dundee Ross County um, scoreless against uh, St Johnston full-time scorer there as well now, uh, in the Olympics, Ireland's women's team unfortunately missed out on a place in the quarterfinals of the hockey at the Tokyo Olympics. They lost 2-0 to uh, Team GB, Great Britain, in their last game of the Pool A uh, competition. Meanwhile, the Irish quartets of Sophie Becker, Phil Healy, Killian Green and Christopher O'Donnell were eighth in the mixed 4 by 400 metres relay final uh, this afternoon as well. Phil Healy was just saying it was just great to, to experience a final and just to be there. Uh, Poland 
Ireland's claimed the gold medal in that in a new Olympic record time. Uh, the golfers are doing alright as well. Uh, we've got two top class golfers representing us at the Olympics, lads, don't we? Rory McIlroy and Shane Lowry. And Rory McIlroy and Shane Lowry remain in the hunt for medals in the men's golf at the Olympics because McIlroy is now three shots off the lead on 11 under par after a third round 67, while Shane Lowry will be 10 under heading into tomorrow's final round. Uh, so they're both in, in good positions there. And at the moment, America's Xander Shuffley sits in the gold medal position there on 14 under. So uh, could we get another gold medal uh, there from uh, from Rory McIlroy or Shane Lowry? We'd have to wait and see. But uh, you'll be quite confident they'll have a good lash off it tomorrow, wouldn't you? Now, uh, as we mentioned, the party is certainly continuing down in Skibbereen after their historic week in Irish rowing. There's it's it's amazing, like isn't it? How do they do it down in Skibbereen with the rowing? Like at the Olympics five years ago, again um, this year with a bronze medal for Emily Hagerty in the women's four, and of course gold medals for Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy. What a win it was! Absolutely fantastic from the lads, and uh, just brilliant. Their interviews after the game were brilliant. Paul O'Donovan is is hilarious being interviewed after after the races as well and after winning the uh, the medal he was like Airshut is grand uh, happy out like you know um, nothing nothing seems to phase him and sure why would it uh, Rory was chatting during the week to Kieran McCarthy Kieran McCarthy is the author of Something in the Water How Skibbereen Rowing Club Conquered the World and uh, Rory was chatting to Kieran about Ireland's newest gold medalists Okay joined now uh, by Kieran McCarthy he's the disgusting incredible gold medal for Paul and Finton last night um, Kieran first off you're reaction when the lads crossed the line? Uh, it, it's very emotional to be quite honest and I promise I've got an emotion yes to Rory in the lead up to the race because we've been so invested in, in, in these lads' story for, for, for so long and we've obviously saw what Paul and Gary did at the Olympics back in, in, in 2016 and everyone was rooting for them and there was that expectation and the pressure and so much so to see them deliver on the big stage with all that pressure with all that expectation and probably relief that they did it because <laughs> I suppose a worry too was in the in the semi-final the night before the Norwegian crew capsized and they're thinking okay if sport is sport and if it sticks to the form lines Paul and Finton are the best crew in the world they should win gold but sport is never that easy so there's always that, that element of the unknown but thankfully thankfully the two boys um, they, they came good on the big stage last night there was a kind of a nervy start for us watching anyway I doubt the lads were nervous when Germany took that lead and Paul and Finton never panicked. They just got kept about their business and just uh, slowly, slowly got it back. They were probably the two coolest guys in Tokyo last night, and even like, even compared to here at home, um, you saw the German and the German to the, to the, to the German boys. They really put it up to, to Ireland. Even at the end, they were coming at them again. But Paul and Finton are just so good. Like they're the world and European champions for a reason. They were odds on favourites for this Olympic gold for a reason because they're just so good and they're so experienced now as well because they've won so much and they know how to win from the front they know how to win um, coming from behind so they would probably have expected one of the other boats to, to go out hard from the start and, and, and maybe try and put a gap between them and the Irish boat but the lads' response was, was typical of them they were ice cool they were so calm and their, their class brute force strength and talent it just, it just won out in the end it's obviously Ireland's first gold medal in rowing. It's the first gold medal since Katie Taylor in 2012. Where does this victory rank in the all-time great Irish sporting moments? Um, it has to be right up there because, especially for Paul O'Donovan, I, I was reading there, is, is he the first Irish Olympian in 89 years to medal in back-to-back games? Like That's absolutely incredible. Like He's 27 years old and now Paul has an Olympic gold and Olympic silver to his name. So 
for, for these two Skibreen men to come along and win Ireland's first ever Rowing Olympic gold. It's it's an incredible moment. Um, it's going to have a knock-on effect, just like the, the bronze medal of, of the women's four the night before will, will have as well. So it, it, it's going to rank really, really high because if, if you look at what's gone before, it was almost in a different era. We're living in this social media uh, social media age now where it's so instant. We saw people's reactions straight away. We saw how many people stayed up through, through the night to watch them. And to think that two Skibreen Lords kind of brought Ireland to a standstill for a couple of hours overnight and so many people stayed up to watch them, it just shows that their story uh, is resonating not just in rowing circles, not just in sports circles, but in everyday life as well because everyone's going to have a pick in their step this morning. Like, we have an Olympic gold medal coming back to Ireland in a couple of days' time. So it, it's phenomenal. Kieran, what does this mean for the two lads personally? Because there's going to be a lot of fame and a lot of attention put on them. I can't imagine they want a lot of fuss made of them, but a lot of fuss is going to be made about them. This is going to obviously elevate them to a new level. Like this is a this is an Olympic gold medal, and we haven't won too many of those in Ireland over the years. That you can count on two hands what we've won in terms of Olympic gold. So it's it's an incredible achievement for them. And um, I suppose knowing knowing Paul and thinking it, it, it won't change them. Like they. They row because they, they love to row and, and, and they love and there's an enjoyment there and they have fun rowing. And that's probably the key part of it. And obviously they're hugely successful as well, which is a, a really nice byproduct of enjoying the sport that that, that you love. And um, it's going to bring a lot of attention. It really will, because I think people realise now as well that Paul and Fintan aren't just a Cork story or an Ireland story. They're actually an international story as well. I was talking to Martin Cross a couple of months back He's a well-known kind of um, BBC rowing commentator, and he was he won gold medals himself at Great Britain back in the early seventies. And he was telling me that in in rowing, he goes Paul and Gary, and now Paul and Simpson. He goes they have a superstar status that is very unusual for the sport of rowing. He compares it to almost like Sir Steve Redgrave, who's five Olympic golds. He said, um, they're at that level in terms of how of how they're respected, how they're held. And there was one quick anecdote. He said after. World Cup 2 in Lucerne back in May and he was walking around the, the, the course and there was a South African rowers taking part in the podcast so he just listened in to see what they were saying and they were asked um, who were you most excited to see in action here at this World Cup regatta and it was all about Paul and Finton the Irish boat and he said like that's South African rowers and they just wanted to see Paul and Finton row so they're um and that was back then, and now they're Olympic gold medalists, so that's going to up it even more. Like, so it, it, it's absolutely incredible, and to think that they are that these are two guys from from Skidreen, from the same parish of Athadown, that they are that they're superstars in their own sport, which is um, phenomenal. Um, just a word on Gary as well, Kieran, because Paul mentioned in his interview that Gary wasn't even there. He, as soon as it was known that he wasn't needed, he was flown straight back. That must have been incredibly tough for him. But without Gary and without Jake pushing the other two lads, there is no gold medal. Yeah, it's very much a, a team event. And one person, we can't forget either, is Dominic Casey. Like, he's almost a third man in the boat. He's, he, he's the coach as well. So Gary has more than played his part in, in, in this Olympic gold medal. If Gary wasn't there to push Fintan McCarthy so hard, um, it wouldn't have raised the standard of the boat. The same goes for Jake McCarthy, who was pushing as well before he got injured last year. So this really is a team effort. And it's the it's the setup in Long Ireland as well, the environment and the culture that they've created there. And it's led to this glorious moment where... Right now, Paul and Fintan will deservedly take the accolades, and so they should. Like for what they've achieved and how they've coped with the expectation and pressure on their shoulders um, is exceptional. 
but we can't, like you said earlier, we can't forget like to Gary and, and, and Jake because they've played a huge part in this because Gary was telling me last year, he said, it's almost harder to get into the Irish boat than it is to win a world medal because the, the, the standard in Ireland for the lightweight men's double is incredibly, incredibly high. Gary is an Olympic medalist. He's, he's a former uh, world champion and he can't get in this boat. That just shows you the talent that exists in this lightweight double at the moment. So very much a, 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 very much a team effort. I spoke to Violet Hayes just before we came in the air and she said it's going to be a very interesting battle between the four of them for Paris in three years' time. 100% because Jake is, um, like I said, Jake had a back injury last year, so that sidelined him. I think for the best part of 10 months, he was telling me, but he, he's back now, he's slowly upping, he's, um, he's, 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 he's rowing all the time. He hopes to compete at the Nationals in the middle of August, and he sees Finton's story now as an inspiration to him. He's seeing what his twin brother has achieved um, and he wants that as well, which is like like every, every top sportsman. And when it comes down to, to to these two sets of brothers from the same parish competing for the two seats in the in the one in the one boat, it's all about the fastest two getting that boat. So if Jake knocks Finton out of the boat, that's just how it is. And then let's move on. The same way that Gary lost his seat in the boat, we didn't see Paul Sulk. You know, Paul Paul just got on with it because he wants the fastest boat possible. So whatever two rows give us that fastest boat they will get in there and they'll go they'll go forward to Paris and the way it's looking at the moment um, Paris will be the swan song for, for lightweight rowing at the Olympics so it could and it probably will be their last chance of winning um, another Olympic medal so you can imagine the competition now to get in that boat for the Olympics and it's only three years away it's only in 2024 it's not a four year cycle like last time it's only three years away so it's going to be incredible competition because every lightweight will want to be at that Olympics if it is going to be the last Olympics for a lightweight rowing. I know the lads are going to take uh, all the headlines today, but the, the women's four yesterday in our own Emily Hegarty, absolutely incredible performance from them to get bronze. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, I said it on Twitter um, earlier today, I said if you want to win an Olympic rowing medal, you need a skipper roar in the boat because right now Ireland has won three Olympic rowing medals ever. And in each of those three boats, you've had a Skibbereen Roar, which is just a testament to the club and, and everyone involved in Skibbereen Roar Club. But that, that women's four, that bronze medal, is brilliant because that's, that's the first ever Olympic Roar medal for an Irish women's crew. And that's really, really important. Not, not alone do these four women have uh, a medal to show for their efforts, but young girls right across the country can now see what's possible. They, they, they've seen a West Cork woman, a Dublin woman, and, and two Galway women win bronze medals and stand on a podium at the Olympics. So very much like Gary and Paul Silver in 2016 had a very, very no- positive knock-on effect for Irish rowing in general. I think this Irish women's four bronze medal will have a really positive effect mm. on, on young girls everywhere because it's shown them it is possible for Ireland women to medal at an Olympics. So hopefully the, the doors open now and we'll have a lot of young girls joining rowing clubs right, right across the country. And can just award Sunita as well? Um, did massive disappointment for her this morning. Is it is it fair to say the Olympics just came a year too late for her? I think so. Like if the Olympics happened as they were meant to, to last year, she was begging for them. Like she was coming off the back of her her second world title in in a row. So she obviously had to wait a year longer, and it, it just didn't work out. And it's it's very disappointing for her. And it it just highlights how I suppose the highs and lows of sports, but the highs and lows of an Olympics uh, as well. 
um, because there, there was an expectation that Tunisia um, was a medal contender and, and she has that talent and the pedigree and the, the CV to back that up to, to, to bring home a medal but it just did not work out for her after and it was the same at Rowan and Vernon Philip Doyle in the men's double and they were seen as a medal contender too but it just didn't work out that's why we, we should almost celebrate Paul and Finton's success even more because there was an expectation on them to bring home a medal, and they have, which is, which is incredible because sport, like we all know, it, it, it isn't that easy. If it, was, if it was that easy, we'd all be going to the Olympics and winning gold medals. Like there's, there's that unknown element to sports that makes it just uh, so, so exciting. So for Paul and Finton to deliver on that expectation is incredible. It's just unfortunate for Sunita, probably her last chance at an, at an Olympics medal, and it just didn't work out for her. But she's been absolutely tremendous for Irish rowing over the years. Like what she's done for for for, for women's rowing Ireland shouldn't be forgotten. And um, Emily Hegarty was telling me that when Emily was was very young, she used to look up to Sunita because she was the kind of Sunita was the trailblazer for Irish women's rowing at the time. And now we've seen the likes of Emily win an Olympic medal because she was aspiring to be Sunita. So like. Okay, Sunita mightn't have the Olympic medal that she wants, but she still played a hugely, hugely important part in inspiring a generation that have now gone on to win an Olympic medal. And very finally, Kieran, um, celebrations obviously going to be muted, muted because of COVID restrictions, but Skibbering was buzzing beforehand. It's extra buzzing today. Uh, but as I said, those celebrations probably going to be muted and very low key when the lads come home. Yeah, obviously, with, 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 with restrictions and all that, no, it won't be like, like it was back back in 2016. But I, I'm down. I'm in Skibbereen Town today, and uh, you can feel it in the air. Like there's an excitement there. There's a huge sense of pride in the town. Um, the, the, the club, the club's roars here have really, as um, in, they've injected life into this town over the last couple of years. Skibbereen now is synonymous with the rowing club and its roars, and not just a national stage, but an international stage as well. So everyone in Skibbereen is so so proud of of what Paul, Finton, Emily have achieved, and the same with with um, with Eva Casey and um, Lady Heafy and Gary Donovan and Dominic Casey as well. Like they've all they've all just made people in Skibbereen just put their chest out and even walk a couple of inches taller because. Um, the Roars are just tremendous ambassadors for, for this town and, and, and for West Cork. So I think everyone is hugely and immensely proud of them. Kieran, as always, a pleasure. Thanks for talking to us on the Big Red Bench. Now, that was Kieran McCarthy chatting to Rory Kieran, the author of Something in the Water How Skibbereen Rowing Club Conquered the World. And they conquered the world even more this week with Ireland's newest gold medalists, of course, Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy. What a win for them during the week at the Olympics. And it wasn't just them because uh, Emily Hegarty in the women's four as well, uh, picking up a bronze medal. And we're going to hear now from uh, Emily's. Um, Emily's father, Jerry Hagerty, he's been speaking to Aidan um, about Emily winning the bronze medal at the Olympics in the women's four rowing. And Jerry Hagerty told Aidan what it was like to watch his daughter achieve an Olympic medal and her journey to getting there as well. Jerry Hagerty joins me on the line, father of Emily, of course, bronze medalist at the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. First of all, Jerry, I suppose there's not too many listening who will have watched their daughter or son win uh, an, an Olympic medal. So can you describe what that was like? It was brilliant, to be honest. Probably a bit stressful or maybe more stressful than needed to be. Um, they probably didn't start so well. Transition was very rough, I think. Um, but pulled it together and I love the kind of spirit they showed once they do win and 
kind of got over the line then absolutely yeah they really dug in towards the end um, when did Emily decide on rowing uh, had she been a part of other sports clubs when she was younger or did she just go straight into the boat you used to be the football when she was younger I think and I think did did um, rowing I think through school camp when she was probably maybe 10 or 11 and seemed to like it and stuck with it yeah um, it, it must be amazing around Skibbereen uh, that, that kind of whole I suppose it's like a big family and it must be amazing to like celebrate all this success with them as brilliant yeah yeah um, the old Dunhamans are only across the fields from us the case is in the other direction and the McCack is in the other direction all within two or three miles of us yeah what do you think is the secret um, what, what's the this what's in the water in Skibbereen um, I said and with the leads and anyway, there was a group of the similar age very competitive leads and you kind of tend to drive on one another and the same applied to the Geddes I think when Emily was a junior there was seven or eight kind of fighting for a boat of four and it just probably helps to drive on one another I think um, seemed to this great work ethic yeah absolutely uh, how long have the girls known each other uh, have they competing for uh, together for long in, in the four um, no um, I said the boat is officially only picked in March I think all that crew had been together, I'd say, with maybe about a year and a half. It talked about eight girls, and they were constantly doing trials. Um, and the final six limbs, I think, around the middle of March. Um, and it just seemed to click. Absolutely. Yeah, that's whirlwind stuff, isn't it? It's a really quick turnaround. It is, in fairness, yeah. It is. It is. Um, I thought the the, mes- the medal presentation, I suppose, uh, what, one of the things with COVID, they couldn't get the medals presented to them, but they presented themselves with the medals. I thought it was actually even maybe a bit more special watching it. Yeah. I think it went down really well, yeah. yeah. We see it already at the at the European Championship and other regattas earlier this year. Uh, it was new to us, but yeah, it went down really well, I think, yeah. Did you, uh, did you miss out on the trip? Would you have gone over to Tokyo if, if, if fans were allowed? Um, oh, gosh, I, I suppose we had to, we'd have to, yeah. yeah. Uh, to be once in a lifetime chance isn't the kind of place you got to for a weekend if you're not yeah, exactly yeah well, how did it compare to is it more or less stressful watching it on TV uh, more or less stressful uh, probably more I think more I think there are thousands of miles away 10,000 kilometres something I think yeah um, a bit yeah if things go right it would be great to be there and if things went bad for him to be even more important to be there to be honest Oh, exactly, yeah, definitely. I think George, George Hamilton tried to do his best to keep everyone as calm as possible, though, in, in Emily's race and in the, the two boys' race as well. Yeah, it's good in fairness, yeah. yeah. RT coverage is brilliant, to be honest, of, the, of all the sports. Um, of course, Emily is only 22. The future is so bright for her um, and, and for the rest of her team, I suppose. Um, so you must be really excited, um, as, uh, yourself and the family, uh, to see where she can go. Yeah, it's brilliant, yeah. Brilliant, to be honest, yeah. We always knew she was reasonably good, Um but I think I think probably her best day. She might say it now, but a, a month ago I asked her what was her best day wrong, and she said, "Day I got into that four. I said, "Really love it. They got on great." Um, even though they had won a couple of championships and qualified for Olympics that stage, she said the day she got into the boat was still her best day at that stage. The last day, probably last day, the last day probably beat her right. Yeah, that shows the bond I suppose that they have in that boat. They, they get on. They seem to get on really well. Yeah, um, it's a four really fun-loving women. But um, still, I think when they get in the boat, when they compete, there there's a kind of a steely determination to them. They kind of this self belief. Like third, third, like it probably wasn't a great result. They should have been much closer to the front boats. But I think the way they the way they came back kind of impressed me and made me happy to be honest exactly you got to roll with the punches I suppose and when you look at what happened to the Norwegians as well in the men's when they capsized and you have to roll with it I suppose that's right conditions were bad yeah yeah. Um, and halfway down the course when you're feeling tired your legs are burning and the lungs are bursting um, 
to the very easy to give up or be take put off. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Because I love the way they do in and yeah. Oh, super stuff. Jerry, thanks very much uh, for taking time out and uh, enjoy the weekend. I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic weekend in Skibbereen. Not about it. Great buzz around the place, yeah. Enjoy when you see uh, when you see Emily come home as well and, and the rest of the lads. Live back on Sunday night, I think, yeah. yeah. No bother. Thanks very much. Yeah, man. Thanks, Alan. That is Aidan there speaking to Jerry Hagerty. He is uh, Emily Hagerty's father and Emily, of course, winning a bronze medal in the women's four rowing at the Olympics during the week. Um, and then the lads went on and won the gold medals for us. But it was some week for West Cork and Skibbereen and Cork and Ireland and everything at the Olympics. It's been fantastic and great to see those medals heading down to West Cork. And what a party. What a, uh, I know there's not an official homecoming, but as I said, what a party it's going to be regardless, I think, in Skibbereen when they all come home. I think he said was tomorrow night they're, they're, they're expecting them home um, and you'd imagine there'll be uh, great celebrations uh, tomorrow night and into Monday and Tuesday and I'm sure for the for the week and the month probably uh, maybe for the next four years they'll be celebrating until the next Olympics because that is a big big achievement for Emily Hagerty and of course for uh, Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy picking up those gold medals as well absolutely fantastic now we're going to turn our attentions to Gaelic Games and we are going to look ahead to the Cork game tonight uh, big night for Cork they're taking on Dublin in the All-Ireland Hurling quarter final and uh, it's going to be a great clash I think really looking forward to it it's going to be a belter of a game uh, thrown at Temple Stadium it's at 7pm this evening Rory's been catching up with Tim O'Mahony ahead of the game Come here you must all be buzzing after that uh, superb win over, over Clare on Saturday Yeah look I suppose it, it was a tight game um, we knew what Clare were going to bring they came out in a travelling at us um, in return we travelling at them very fine margins this stage of the championship um, only for a piece of brilliance out of pass I suppose at the end and um, he saved our, our blushes I suppose um, but look we'll ride our luck when, when, thing, when that goes our way like that we'll, uh, when things go our way like that we'll, we'll take it That was quite a save from Pa as well your heart must be in your mouth I'd say was it? Yeah look definitely but look you, you're back Pa every day of the week um, and the work he puts in so um, great save but look not surprised by it either uh, and looking back and what was the most pleasing aspect of the of your performance uh, look I suppose it, it, we're a very young bunch um, and I suppose to come out of it a tight game like that with a win it's probably something we haven't had as a group so that's probably the most pleasing aspect of it do you feel that people maybe were underestimating you or writing you off a little bit going into that Clare game look to be honest we, we don't pay much attention to, to what people outside the group think Um there's a great bunch of lads there. There's lads fighting to get into the 26. There's more lads in the 26 fighting to get into the starting 15. Starting 15 trying to hold on to their jerseys. So great competition there. And we just worry about ourselves really. It was one of the hottest days of the year as well. How did you find playing 70 minutes in that? Yeah, look, it was. It was tough conditions. Um, but I suppose, look, it's better to be playing in the, the sunshine than the, the lashing rain, I suppose. So <laughs> we won't complain. Uh, when you look at Dublin, what do you think their strengths are as a team? Look, I suppose um, before the draw on Monday, um, we knew that we could either get Tip or Dublin. Um, again, we kind of had to look at ourselves. If we were to look at both teams, we'd say, right, we have to be at 110% for, to give ourselves a chance against either side. Dublin came out. Dublin are uh, a fierce, good side. Um, we had a right battle with them below in Turles last year. Um, I suppose... We saw their ability. They knocked out a, a highly fancied Galway out of the Leinster mm. Championship. Um, they had no hold quite a look realistically against um, Kilkenny being down a couple of the key players. Um, particularly there, like you're, you're missing um, Owen O'Donnell, your fullback, probably one of the best fullbacks in the country. So when you're down crucial players like that, um, it's going to affect your team. But look, they'll have a sting in their tail after that. And 
um, look we know we're in for a big battle with them at the weekend and you're going into the game on the back of a win they're going into the game on the back of a feed and a week off do you feel like that momentum is with you and are you happy playing back to back games yeah look I suppose when you're playing back to back the biggest thing is that you're getting picky up no injuries um, so on that front I think we're fairly okay Bill picked up a, a bit of a knock right towards the end but um, other than that I think we're, we're fairly okay so I think that's the most important thing and overall Tim I suppose confidence in the county very very high which yourselves going well the 20s winning the All-Ireland into the Munster final the minors doing well as well so confidence in car curling is uh, fantastic at the moment yeah look I suppose the 20s did give the thing a, a great boost um, there's a lot of them lads in training with us so things are um, they're keeping everything everyone on their toes um, the following week then the, so this year's 20s <coughs> excuse me they had a, a great win against um, Tipperary coming from behind so look that does um, have an effect on our training keeps everyone on their toes keeps it fresh and again as I said very competitive thanks Tim good luck cheers Ori hi Tim uh, Dennis Hardy from the Echo how are you keeping good no Tim like you, you know you said there about the importance of getting a win like that you know because it is a young developing team and you know you kind of haven't had one like that like Cork haven't I suppose in the last couple of years like, and is it the case that until you get a win like that that you're not fully sure that you can if that makes sense yeah probably I suppose look as I said we, we have a very young bunch um, yeah. and they're a great bunch they work hard they're honest an honest group is what we have um, probably you do need to get those kind of wins like um, you probably only realise it after inside the dressing room and things when you know there's a great buzz and stuff, um, particularly after a tight game like that. So, um, look, you take them when they come. Does you know? You know, know as well as I do. Um, it's not every day you come out on the right side of them. So when you do get them, you you'll take them. And, and like I suppose, when there was a good bit of change to the panel over the winter, was say Anthony Nash went, um, Chris Joyce went, Connolly Han, Aidan Walsh, like they're experienced fellas. So I suppose that leaves a vacuum then for you know, like yourself, it was say Mark. Um, you know guys like that Shane who have been around a few years aren't old but like you're, you're kind of you just have to step into to leadership roles even though you know you're you're, you're far from a, a veteran we'll say yeah yeah look I suppose we still like to think we're still young fellas yeah um, but yeah I suppose look that kind of comes with the territory um, we've been around now for maybe a couple of years three, three four years so um, we have a couple of young lads in um Again, as I said, they're keeping us on our toes. They're brilliant. Um, yeah. If you, the, the competition and training is is um, is top class. So, um, yeah, really, that's about it. Uh, and like, I suppose there's been a lot of talk about the, the style of play, and people maybe probably don't appreciate that Cork can vary the style of play. And what the, the tactics on Saturday weren't exactly the same as has been seen in other games. Like it, it points to to a very good coaching team being there. Like, and I suppose you're lucky that you have. Don Logrady, Jor Cunningham, Dermot, as well as Kieran. Yeah, look, definitely. Um, the lads leave no stone unturned with a great backroom team. Um, and as you said, when you're getting in the likes of Don, look, he's coming from a um, a winning background, has that winning pedigree. So we, um, we're we like sponges around him. We take as much as we can from him. And yeah. uh, he's brilliant with us. So, And you yourself, you seem to be more kind of settled at wing back this year, whereas other years, you know, you've you played in the full forward line, you played midfield. Like, do, do you feel that you benefited from from kind of a, a more more continuity like at half back? 
Yeah, look, I suppose, to be honest, I think other people tend to look at it more than what I do. Um, yeah. I don't see really see it as much of a big deal at the end of the day or go out hurling for Cork. So if you can get into the starting 15, I think any any um, young fella around the county would be happy with that. So I don't really look at it, look at it as a way as, oh, geez, I could be playing here or there. So yeah. if you're in, you're happy to be in. That is Tim O'Mahony, Cork's Tim O'Mahony, speaking to Rory firstly and then Dennis Hurley as well, um, ahead of Cork versus Dublin in the All-Ireland Hurling quarterfinal, a 7pm throw-in at Temple Stadium, just about 25 minutes to throw in there now it's going to be a great game hopefully a Rebels victory in that game hopefully a Lions victory as well over in South Africa but at the moment it is South Africa in the lead the Lions had led at half time 9-6 and now South Africa have got a try back and um, it is um, South Africa 11 Lions 9 is the current score there Uh, South Africa 11 the Lions 9 in um, the second test of the series there obviously um, South Africa um, were beaten by the Lions Uh, the Lions getting off to a winning start in the first test in Cape Town last week and currently South Africa 11 points British and Irish Lions 9 points there in the rugby we'll keep you up to date with that between now and 7 plenty more to come here on the show between now and 7 we're going to continue to preview that Cork and Dublin game we're going to hear from the Dublin camp in just a few minutes time as well we're also going to reflect on Cork City's draw with UCD in the League of Ireland last night and Cove Ramblers a good draw with, for them with Shelburne up in Tolka Park last night as well we'll hear from Cove Ramblers boss Darren Murphy too all that plenty more to come between now and 7 o'clock here on the Big Red Bench Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM Yeah, welcome back to the show it's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock on a hectic weekend of sport uh, we heard just before the break there from Cork's Tim O'Mahony ahead of the All-Ireland Hurling quarterfinal clash between Cork and Dublin getting underway in 20 minutes time at Semple Stadium now Rory went behind enemy lines as well during the week to chat with Dublin defender Paddy Smith ahead of this evening's quarterfinal uh, here is what he had to say Paddy Rory here from Red FM and Cork how are you? I'm good Rory yourself? I'm good I feel like a bit of a spy here now surrounded by all the Dublin people um, Paddy can you talk to me about I suppose Cork's strengths and how impressed you were with the win over Clare last weekend? Yeah uh, I, I watched the game now uh, yeah of course everyone knows Cork's forwards there's a lot of quality in there uh, a lot of pace a lot of good finishes so uh, defensively I was also, also impressed uh, a couple of lads stepped in there for them at the weekend so uh, yeah really impressed with them to go in Claire gave them a good old battle but uh, went came out on the right, right side of it a lot has been talked, I suppose, about Cork's um, newfound ability to find the net. They scored three against Clare last weekend. How do you guys prepare for that? And is it a big worry heading into the game? I suppose, yeah. yeah. Um, they, they've identified that as uh, they want to go after. So it's just about as back, back six, just trying to try to limit any opportunities as much as possible. Just being aware that that is, that is one of their strengths. So just trying to notify that as much as possible. Cork going into the, the game um, back to back you've had a week off do you think that is of benefit for you with the rest or would you be rather be in Cork's situation going straight into back to back games uh, I suppose it's that's usually after the game someone analyses that and says either way if Cork win the play claim the week the week on week has benefited them and if we win it'll be said that the week off will help so I suppose you, you can look at it either way if, whichever way you want to pull, pull a bit of an advantage out of but I, I don't think it'll matter too much either way How did you feel all the pressures on Cork this weekend you can kind of go into the game as underdogs maybe spring a surprise um, I suppose that's that's from your side of things if you <laughs> want to put pressure internally we'll be 
we have our own standards to meet so we're just trying to hit them and I suppose look at their good side so um, hopefully that'll be a good game thanks that is um, Paddy Smith from Dublin there talking to Rory Rory behind enemy lines there like a spy as he said uh, chatting to the dubs and uh, unfortunately for Paddy we're hoping that himself and Dublin are uh, are nicely beaten by Cork this evening up in Semple Stadium so best of luck to the Cork Hurlers a big big game um, and it should be a great atmosphere with the with the crowd there this evening as well in uh, Semple Stadium and hopefully uh, they will be cheering on a Cork victory throw in there as we said in less than 20 minutes time now 7pm throw in there in Semple Stadium now we're going to go back to Gaelic Games again before the end of the show the Cork Minor Camp and the Cork Under 20s as well but first of all we're going to turn our attentions to football and I was down myself at Turner's Cross last night for Cork City versus UCD it finished Cork City 1 UCD 1 Kean Murphy with the goal for City City took the lead unfortunately didn't hold on to the lead and UCD equalised with a free kick in the second half as well I spoke to City Manager Colin Healy after the match and I started off by asking him about a good second half for City but yet again City failing to hold on to a lead Yeah no that's right that's right as I said um we changed the system a small bit in the second half. Toby, we, we, we put it to four four two, and we wanted to go a small bit more direct. Um, but we didn't. I thought UCD got a hold of the game. Um, obviously, they got a chance there towards the end. But no, we were going for. We got Sean Kenny had a chance there at the end as well. Like so, but we were definitely going for it in the second half. Uh, Kane Murphy on the score sheet again. He's got a nice few goals now in the last month or two. No, listen, he's been playing. He's, he's been fantastic. As I said, listen, he's got a good run of games behind him. He was brilliant up in Sligo last week. He, he got a good goal tonight. But it is, and it's a, it's a credit to him. The two guys up front actually look fairly confident. They seem to be working well together now, um, more so than they were earlier in the season, Bennett and Keane. That's right. Yeah, as I said, listen, they've got a run of games now together. As I said, they probably play with each other you know, in the academy and through. So listen, they, know the, they, know, they know the game inside out. So no, they're good. They work hard and they've got a good understanding in possession, out of possession. So listen, as I said, Ben is a goal scorer and as you see how quick Keane is. Like, so they work well together, they do. The equaliser was unlucky. It was a bad free kick to give away and uh, well struck, but uh, it hit post the hit mark in the back it was it was nothing that, no, that you, could be done really you can't you can't you yeah. can't do nothing with the free kick but I just thought we should have um, we should have kept possession beforehand you know we give away city possession listen we, we give away a free kick but uh, listen no it's can't do it you can't do anything that listen he, 10 minutes before that he'd make a brilliant save yeah. do you know I think it was from Colin Whelan so we can't do anything about that but we, I think we, we gave away city possession that leads up to, to the free kick we did yeah the two new signings in the starting lineup tonight Aaron Bulger and uh, Barry Coffey good to get the lads straight in how did you think they did no they did, they did as I said more games more games to get the better they'll be you know as I said listen they haven't played now for maybe a few months and all that kind of stuff 19 minutes that is um, um, so listen more games to get the, the better they will be listen they're good quality players and they, they'll add to the team I suppose it opened up an opportunity to get them in instantly with Alec Byrne and Garrett Marcy missing and so on as well and that's Beats right. was out no listen that's right that, that's right as I said listen, as I said it creates competition now so as I said Alec, Alec comes he comes back in next week um, obviously Garrod is out with a groin injury so we'll have a look at him Monday so you know, we have competition on the middle of the park Garrod and Beats both injured how long are you expecting them to be out for? Um, I'm not too sure I'm not too sure it might be a week or two might be, I, I don't know we'll have to wait we'll have to see how it is take it there with you game's coming take it fast now again you're away next week and back here against Cove Ramblers in a couple of weeks so um, you need to, to get a few points on the board I suppose that's what we're trying to do that's what we're trying to do yeah listen we got a massive game now against Galway and they said Cove, Cove Ramblers then after that so but listen they say we're, we're, 
we're going at it we're going at it so listen we're giving everything we got and you know so it's um, and hopefully you know we can put on a, a good performance against Galway next week great support here tonight there was 900 fans in it it's getting more every game now as well and it's great to have, have a bit of a crowd back isn't it it always is good support here it is as I said we've got the best fans in the country so it's great to get into 900 it's a shame we can't get in anymore but it, it is and listen the players love playing in front of them as I said we, we all know what they're like as I said more fans we get in better this place we come so no it's great to have them in that is Cork City manager Colin Healy chatting to me last night in Turner's Cross after the match about Cork City's one-all draw with UCD. Um, hopefully Cork City can start winning games because they're going to need to win quite a few of their remaining games if they're to make the playoffs um, and get back up to the Premier Division next season. But a great cup win for Cork City last Sunday, defeating Sligo uh, 3-2 because Sligo are having a great season themselves in the Premier Division. They're right up the top in the top three in the Premier Division uh, battling for the title. So a great win for Cork City in the Cup and they've now drawn St. Pat's in the next round of the FEI Cup uh, tough tough draw as well St. Pat's second in the Premier Division and uh, City are playing them on the weekend of July 27th 28th and 29th so it'll be either that Friday Saturday Sunday for Cork City and St. Pat's in the Cup so uh, hopefully City can uh, pick up a few wins in the league in the meantime against Galway and Cove Ramblers and push up the table and then who knows maybe beat beat St. Pat's in uh, Turner's Cross and put a bit of a cup run together. Good win or good result, not a win, but a good result for Cove Ramblers last night up at Talca Park in Dublin. A 2-2 draw with league leaders Shelburne. Uh, Shelburne quite a few points clear at the top of the first division and uh, Cove went up there and got a battling two-all draw last night. Oshin Langan was there. He was chatting to uh, new Cove boss Darren Murphy afterwards. Darren Murphy, Cove Ramblers manager. That's a great result, two-all here in Talca Park with Shelburne. Yeah, look, top of the league and we, we came up here obviously, you know, two great goals from Shelburne, two great strikes, but I thought, you know, we got two great goals ourselves. Really pleased with the performance, especially after coming up to Dublin last week as well. <coughs> Lads were tired, you know, we've probably been doing, doing doing a good bit of training even during the week and uh, to come up here and get that result was outstanding. But for me, the most impressive thing was the, the performance of the lads, really proud of the lads now today. You worked hard and produced a couple of moments of quality when you needed them. Yeah, look, I suppose we had a plan coming up here. You know, we all got together. It worked. You could see the shape, I suppose, in the game. Yeah, look, we were a bit naive at the start. It took a bit of time to get into it. Obviously, look, we're we're asking these lads to play new shapes and new systems and new stuff like that. So it's going to take a bit of time over a couple of games. But look, really proud of them again, as I said. Um, you know, when we did need that bit of quality, it was there. And look, we, we got two goals from it and, and, and it got us a point in the end. So happy with that. You needed composure at times as well. You must have been very happy at the end of the game when Shelburne were putting the pressure on, looking for the winner. There was no just booting the ball long from your boys. They actually passed it around, did some nice triangles, diagonals, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and again, I suppose, look, with the crowd on your back then as well, you know, there's always that kind of uh, fear when they're attacking. But yeah, look, we, we kind of trust in our lads. We believe in them. They're good footballers. They just need to believe in themselves a bit more and, you know, hopefully go and climb that table. Your cons new arrivals at the club but they've injected a bit of something haven't they yeah look Danny you see, you see saw him out there tonight power pace you know but but the main thing for me is that look you have players with power and pace and skill but his work rate uh, was outstanding you know to get back even to, to, to get down the lines you know get get forward they're running towards the last minute Nathan young lad had him at uh, you know Cove Wanderers when I was there as well as a player I know his quality and uh, you're going to see a lot more of him as well 
and his pace is Michael Owen when he broke onto the scene esque you're possibly too young to get the reference <laughs> no do you know what I actually I used to I used to love Owen he was, he was around at that time yeah, and the, that pace and power yeah I should say John O'Flynn esque actually because yeah. he's part of your coaching staff you can see his uh, his coaching yeah. coming in there as well with some of the quality of the finishing of the lads yeah no look all the, all the background team we've got we, we've got Conor Mead and, and, and John O'Flynn there working on the, the forwards and you know what they're really lucky to have that because that's something and I'll put my hand up I, I can't coach the lads that because we can give them shapes and, and, and whatever we want and you know uh, styles and stuff like that but it's very hard because I didn't play as an attacker or a forward so that's why we've brought in uh, the two lads and, and you look it, it's paid off you know they're, they're more confident shooting and turning and little, little nicks and knacks like so yeah what's the aim what's the goal for you <clears throat> Look, the goal is, I suppose, to get a, a a good performance every week. I mean, look, we 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 won last week after extra time. It was a tough game, you know, tough game up here. We've got a draw. I've got to assess it now over kind of 10, 11 games. How 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 it goes. My aim, obviously, is to same as a as a player, as a coach, is you know to go and win football matches. Um, so I suppose like. Look, these lads are good lads, you know. Uh, obviously, asked to take the the team for just a session one night, and you know it, it's turned into this. So, at the moment, I, I suppose I haven't been really taught of that um, aim. But look, uh, again, probably just win the football matches as many as you can. And there are some results and some draws that give you more than just a point. I think this is one of them. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I suppose. Look, you come away from home, as I said at the start. You know, two uh, trips to Dublin with, within, you know, this, the, the space of what seven, six, seven days. So tough, tough game. We went to extra time last week, and to come up here and, and for them to put in that performance as well, outstanding. Yeah. That's uh, Cove Ramblers manager Darren Murphy. He is interim manager, uh, certainly until the end of the season and possibly for much, much longer. Um, uh, talking to Oshin after their two-all draw against Shelburne up in Talga Park last night in the first division of the League of Ireland. Now we're going to turn our attentions briefly back to Gaelic Games before we finish up. Actually, before we turn our attentions back to Gaelic Games, let's get you a score update from South Africa versus the Lions. And South Africa are pulling away now, unfortunately. Uh, it is South Africa 18 uh, the British and Irish Lions nine points there at the F&B Stadium over in South Africa um, so if, if it stays like that and South Africa go on to win the game it'll be a game apiece heading into the final test which will set it up for like a cup final which will be great in a way but obviously we would have preferred to see the Lions wrap it up today but uh, currently South Africa 18 British and Irish Lions nine is the score there now we are going to turn turn our attentions back to Gaelic Games before we finish up on the show this evening and the Cork Minor footballers into the Munster final the Rebels turned in excellent performances against Kerry uh, to win by just a point a single point in Porky Cueve 115 to 114 it's the first time that Cork have beaten Kerry at minor level since 2013 uh, Michael O'Brien he's the Cork boss he spoke to the assembled media a great term the assembled media after the match I know uh, absolutely we knew it was always going to be tough um, we, we, we the, just before the water break we got a few good scores to go two points up and then the the, the, the second half of the first half we really drove on um, and had a six point lead and we thought we did play really well and at the same time we missed a lot of chances I think we could have got a few extra scores uh, our accuracy wasn't where we believe it should be uh, in a game and we knew in the second half they were going to come back uh, which they did uh, we kind of fell asleep for the goal 
Um, and then after that, we got three or four great uh, scores on the bounce that really propelled us up. Again, they, I think we went seven points up at that stage. And we knew they were going to push hard and they, they high-pressed our uh, kick-outs. And, and they put us under a lot of pressure. And look, at the end, we thought it was definitely going to be uh, into extra time. Um, but um, we, we were lucky the ball went wide and uh, I thought the ref was going to not blow the whistle at all there in the 66th minute but we, we got out of there and we got so I, I think over the 60 minutes we deserved uh, the win I, I appreciate they're young lads you'd be disappointed the way that you can kind of see it out maybe hold on to that 7 point lead in the, in the last quarter of an hour I know uh, look ab- absolutely um, but I suppose uh, these guys are 15, 16, 17 um, and you know like they're not used to this kind of uh, an atmosphere it's their you know uh, second championship match at, at, at this level so it was always going to happen and Kerry are a great team and they were always going to come back I know obviously the lads probably won't think too much but to say that they're the first minor team from Cork to beat Kerry since 2013 is a fair achievement considering all the success Kerry have had since oh yeah look we, we, we didn't go into that uh, we, we concentrated on our own team and our own process and how we wanted to play and for large parts of the game we, de- we, we delivered how we wanted to play um, we knew Kerry again were going to come back uh, but we were just focused on, on getting through this step two and we go into step three uh, Wednesday week against Limerick How beneficial do you think was it to have the game because I mean there's been no competitive football for them at any other stage really back club level apart from that game you had in Watford do you think it was a factor in your win? I looked at, there's no doubt uh, in the preparation and, and getting ready for a championship game that uh, the game against Watford definitely stood to them uh, nerves wise and so forth because they got used to having to get up in the morning and, and get ready for a championship match and the, the drive to the championship match and all the, the nerves that go with it so I think we were very uh, more comfortable in the dressing room beforehand as they've, they had been there before um, so I think that was definitely a benefit to us Yeah that's uh, Cork minor boss minor football boss Michael O'Brien speaking about their win during the week uh, the Rebels beating Kerry by just a single point in Porky Cueve 115 to 114 Now earlier in the week uh, the Cork under 20 hurlers booked their place in the All-Ireland final the reigning champions defeated Limerick after a battle down in Porky Cueve and they'll now face Galway next weekend Rory was at the park on Wednesday and he spoke to Cork captain Cormac O'Brien Yeah it was incredible there towards the end uh, Limerick put up a great Fight. Do you know I'm delighted to get over the line in the end. What's the most pleasing aspect of your performance? Um, I think it's just the fact the way we drove on towards the end. Do you know, like a lot of lot of fellas could have put their head down. Do you know, when Limerick brought it back to a draw, but in fairness to the boys, kept plugging away, kept doing what we're good at, and we put up one or two points in the board and got us over the line. How worried were you when Limerick got that goal near the end? Yeah, we weren't too worried. Like obviously to go but then you know, we just obviously had to regroup, go again. Do you know, things things happen like that in games like this. We just had to get the heads down, drive on, and try and make it a two-point goal, go down the other and get a point. In today, all Ireland final against Galway, we're going to provide very stiff opposition. Yeah, you know, Galway are obviously a great side, like, but we'll just focus on ourselves again, like what we do the whole time. Just focus on ourselves, do what we do well, and I'm sure there'll be no fear of us. What do you feel you have to work on now for the next day? Um, there's obviously a lot of things to work on, like, you know, there's no game you go out and you're absolutely perfect, like, so there's obviously aspects we can improve on, and, you know, we'll review that in the next couple of days, and We'll obviously work on them in training and we'll be better again the next day. And obviously Cork hurling on a high at the moment and you're obviously a massive part of that. Yeah, it's great obviously seeing Cork teams back to winning ways again with the footballers ourselves and the minors. Like, you know, it's great to see. And it's great for the people of Cork to see Cork teams winning again. Like It's obviously great, you know. Thanks and best of luck in the final. Thanks very much. Thanks.
All right, uh, almost out of time on the show and uh, just update you on the Lions uh, into the last couple of minutes there now in South Africa. South Africa 18, the British and Irish Lions 9 is the latest score in that game. Best of luck to the Rebels tonight. The Cork Hurlers, come on the Rebels. Come on Cork. Only a couple of minutes to throw in at Semple Stadium as Cork take on Dublin in the All-Ireland Hurling quarterfinal. There'll be reaction to that here on the Big Red Bench with Rory tomorrow evening. That is it from me. Have a Wonderful Saturday evening. Have an amazing bank holiday weekend and stand by for the man, Mr. Stevie G, on the way. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Corks Red FM.